Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Really awesome guest to start the show. Really excited. I am Tim Daniel, here as always with Sean Mackey. We are pumped to be joined by a current Portland Trailblazer, former Notre Dame basketball star, and also current Baltimore Oriole, Pat Connaughton. Pat, what is up, man? Welcome to the show. It has been two years since the last time you and I did an interview. I know. Two years too long. I appreciate the... Uh... The invite to go on the show and look forward to uh, chatting. For sure. So if you are just catching 48 Minutes for the first time with Pat, we are on iTunes and Apple Podcasts where you give us that nice five-star review. We're also on Stitcher and Google Play where you can check out our shows each and every week. So with that being said, enough with the home, home-based stuff we got to do, Pat. We're going to start the interview with a question you're asked all the time, so we're just going to get out of the way. I just got to know, what petition do we have to get started to get you in the dunk contest next year? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh... Maybe uh, I'll just have to throw down a few more dunks at the beginning of the season. I guess uh, I guess in order to get in, they try to value off those dunks. Or maybe we could just make a few viral videos this summer that gets people uh, talking to get me in there next year. I, yeah, I think so. Because, you know, I thought Donovan Mitchell and Larry Nance had a really good show this year. But, like, you know, I followed you since your Notre Dame career. I've seen you throw some down. I remember that one in Cameron against Duke. That was pretty beautiful. So we, we know what you're capable of. Yeah, it's just a matter of being and getting out there and trying to showcase those talents. With that being said, obviously, those two can jump pretty high as well. So it would have, uh, it would have been a fun competition, and, and maybe it will be here one of these next few years um, if we can't sneak my, uh, my name into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pat, this is Sean. Uh, question, so, you know, Season didn't end uh, probably the way you originally wanted it to. Uh, you guys got knocked out by the Pelicans uh, in the first round. You haven't played basketball since the uh, 21st of April, which seems like forever ago. Uh, what have you been up to uh, since then? Yeah, um, you know, we take um, take a few weeks off. I hung around the Portland area, um, you know, had some friends out there. Uh, explored some places that I hadn't been, even though I've been out there for, you know, three years. So that was good. Um, and then um, took a few trips, and, and now I'm back home working out, um, you know, back in my old stomping grounds. First time I've really been able to uh, hit it hard back in the Boston area, um, you know, since I was in high school, since before I went out to Notre Dame. So it's fun to, uh, you know, work out with, um, you know, the people that kind of helped me um, since I was a kid and, and remain loyal to them and, and uh, you know, in, uh, get them in on this journey to, you know, hopefully continue to in more success in the NBA. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, like I said, it's been a, it's been a few months since you've, you've played. Does it feel like it's been like almost a full two months? Because to me, like the beginning of the playoffs just seems like it was forever ago. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's wild to see the journey uh, the playoffs bring. Obviously, 
being fortunate to be in the playoffs, you know, all three years I've been in the league um, and, you know, getting to the second round once, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wild how long, you know, the playoffs last, but it's also, you know, really cool to, to watch and follow along. So obviously our goal is to get there, you know, next year and to get farther along um, and, uh, you know, learn from this year. I think, you know, one of the, the only good things that you, that comes with losing is, you know, learn, you can learn a lot from it. So, um, you know, take that in stride and, and try to make sure that we're, we're out there doing better for the next season. So you talk about that, Pat, and obviously your case is a little interesting. Um, as a second-round pick, you know, there is not the additional year in the contract. You are technically in your restricted free agency year. Um, I assume your expectations you will be a Blazer next year, especially because you did really take that big step up of the rotation this year. But is that anything you have, like, kind of gotten an idea on? Do you, do you feel confident you'll be with Portland next year? Yeah, obviously, you know, Rip City kind of um, – you know, brought me in as a rookie and, and has stuck with me along the way up until, you know, this year where um, I was able to make some serious strides. So um, the goal is to continue, um, you know, to play for them. But at the same time, um, you know, as a player in this league, you got to understand that it is a business and there are times where, um, you know, teams have to go in different directions. So I guess the, the main goal is to, you know, find a, uh, you know, find a, a way to have even more success, build upon the year I had this year, um, and have more success next year, no matter, you know, what uniform I'm wearing. Um, but obviously still hoping that I'm in the, the, the Rose City. So talking about teams and everything there, another important team, obviously, I have to ask as a shoe guy, um, will you be still continuing with Team Nike next year with your sneakers? That's a great question. So it's funny how, you know, the contracts with, with sneaker companies as well as with teams tend to fall right in line with one another. So um, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, you know, um, Nike's a, a great company, and, and being out there in Nike, Nike Town, um, you know, makes the people out there, but, you know, obviously the players out there as well biased towards it. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm fortunate to have gone to the Notre Dame Business School, so – uh, from an undergrad standpoint. So, uh, you know, I, I bring a thing or two with me when it comes towards negotiations and, uh, you know, with hopes that um, with whatever direction I go, whether with sneakers and, you know, with the team, it's uh, you know, one that's, that's good for, for me and my future and, you know, the, the future that, um, you know, is instilled with, you know, friends and family and those that are close to me. All right, so I'm going to ask you one quick thing because um, I know – we talked a couple years ago, it was right after your rookie year, and it was the year after the infamous Notre Dame-Kentucky game, which you guys had them on the wire. I still haven't gotten over it. I'm sure you haven't either. Um, but we talk about that game as far as, like, great college games of the last decade. Don't you think that game belongs in the top ten? Because you literally took an undefeated team to the wire, and they hit a lucky shot at the end to beat you guys. Yeah, I mean, I may be biased, and I'm equally as still heartbroken as you. Uh, if not, maybe even more so. But um, I, it was one of the better college basketball games. What's funny is I still haven't rewatched it um, or seen really any highlights from it besides a, a few few plays. So um, I'm not sure I'd be the one partaking in watching it as one of the top ten in the last decade. But I definitely think it belongs in there, just being a part of it, the atmosphere with it, within that game, as well as the pros that kind of came out of it, the NBA guys that were involved in it. I think. Um, you know, you look at it, and um, 
I think obviously we should have won the game. I think, you know, we were controlling the, the majority of the game. We had, you know, everything kind of going our way, but um, obviously, you know, when the, when the clock struck zero, we were unfortunately on the losing end. Um, but with the amount of pros that Kentucky had and the um, things like that, it was uh, definitely a phenomenal game to, to look back on and, and kind of see, you know, how well we did um, against an undefeated team going in and, and kind of writing the blueprint for Wisconsin to, to beat them in the next round. You guys did give them that blueprint, like, flat out, like, hand-to-hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, I let, uh, you know, Frank and uh, Sam Decker know that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, uh, obviously this was the uh, the first season in your NBA career that you were able to play uh, a full 82 games, which is really awesome. Uh, what is it like to play in every single game and and? Uh, what kind of uh, pregame rituals do you typically do uh, before you uh, before you, you get out there every night? Um, you know, I think uh, it was really cool, obviously. Um, you know, I think one of the unique things about the NBA is how long of a season it is and that, you know, even, you know, some of the more renowned guys uh, don't play 82 games until, uh, you know, later on in their careers. It takes them a little while to get there, so... That was very cool um, for me, but also it's a, it, it shows a lot of you know growth that I need to, to have and uh, over this off season and uh, a lot of learning experiences that you know night in and night out you know you got to be ready to, to, to bring everything and uh, you know there are going to be nights where you hit a bunch of shots there are going to be nights where you don't and you can't let that affect you for the games moving forward. So I think playing in all the every game this year was uh, you know great for, for my growth going forward. Um, you know, and I look forward to, to seeing how it has an effect uh, in the years to come. Um, and it should be a lot of it should be a lot of fun. So you talk about that obviously as a big step forward for you. Um, and you play with a lot of good wings, obviously CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, you know, all the guys you play with on that team. So um, one of the big game particular, obviously you hit your career high this year against Phoenix, having a nice twenty four point game. And I think a point guard that played for that team ended up never playing for the Suns again. You just have a way to do that, I guess, to people, Pat. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so, so, uh, looking back, was that kind of, cause that was like the fourth or fifth game of the year, if I recall. So was that kind of when you realized you were in a groove and was that something that Terry and the staff kind of told you going into camp that you were going to be a big part of the rotation? Uh, you know, what's funny is the, the distance I was able to come from last summer to now, I think, you know, last summer. Um, you know, from an outside perspective, uh, there were a lot of people wondering, um, you know, what they could expect from me. I was obviously a two-year veteran without uh, a ton of playing time going into a, his third final year of his contract. And, you know, for, for guys in the NBA, that can go one of two ways. You can improve and, and show what you've been working on the last two years, that you belong in this league, and you can put up nights like that 24-foot night, or – you know, for, for some, it, it comes down to, um, you know, uh, this might be your, your way out of the league. So um, going into camp, I, I was still in, in prove-it mode. I, you know, I wanted to make sure I proved to the coaches and the GM that not only did they bring me back because I deserved it, but that I was going to help contribute and I was going to hopefully be here, you know, for uh, many years to come, that I could, that I could play in this league, uh, you know, for many years to come. So, uh, that was obviously one of the, the bright spots in the in the season. Um, getting 
having that type of game with, you know, I think pretty sure CJ was out. So uh, having that type of game with the ability to, to help my team win, put my team in a position to win when one of its stars was out, and to kind of show what type of role I can have as my role expands, uh, you know, throughout the, the years uh, of my playing career. So one quick thing for I know we got a few more before we get you out of here because I know you got some stuff to do you have going on. Um, I don't know if you noticed enough about us at the show, Sean and myself. We are big Chicago Bulls guys. One of your best friends slash the guy that made the most dynamic duo in Notre Dame basketball history, Jaron Grant, is one of our point guards. Um, what have you kind of had any idea of what's going on with the? I'm sorry, his his step up because obviously he was another guy that really got some more time. He got his second year in Fred Hoiberg's system. Uh, what do you what do you expect to see from Jaron for the next couple of years as he's going into his free agency next year? Yeah, you know, I expect him to, to, to have some real success moving forward. I think, you know, one of the unique things about Notre Dame and one of the things that Notre Dame basketball, the team's, you know, really improving on is, um, you know, that connection to, to Notre Dame and guys in the pros, guys that play overseas, guys that play in the NBA, um, and continuing that connection as, you know, the seasons and, and years wear on. So, you know, Jaron's out uh, at Notre Dame, um, you know, working out with one of our good buddies, Eric Atkins, who was on our team for three years. And yeah. um, he's a, now a, a coach out there, assistant coach uh, to a degree. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I'll go out there for a week or two weeks and work out with them. And I think, you know, it's a really cool thing for not just us because of how close we are and how, we're able to work on our game together just like we used to, but and how, you know, the quote, iron sharpest iron, the whole nine yards as we continue our NBA career. But for, you know, incoming basketball players uh, that are looking at Notre Dame or that are coming through the Notre Dame ranks to, you know, have a sense of connection to the old guys, the other guys that came through uh, and had success at Notre Dame that were able to use Notre Dame basketball as a gateway to their professional playing careers, um, which I think is something that will really help Notre Dame basketball take off um, in the future and, and kind of what, you know, Jaron and myself wanted to do and had our eyes set on doing, um, you know, starting with that senior season and that Elite Eight run. So, Pat, with your case, you've obviously a very interesting one as a two-sport athlete. Um, is there any update on the relationship with the Orioles? I know they're still in your draft rights for a couple more years, but is that still in your game plan? Are you still in, co- in contact with them? Yeah. I mean, you know, the Orioles um, – you know, I, I owe a lot to them. They took a chance on me um, and, and have faith in my, you know, professional baseball playing career. Obviously, um, they, as well as you know, other MLB teams, didn't see, um, you know, my ability to make it in the NBA as a as an initial hurdle coming out of college. So, um, you know, obviously, in a way, I'm, I'm happy it became a hurdle because uh, uh, of the success I've been able to have uh, and as have dreamt of since I was a kid, but. Um, you know, and also um, they deserve a lot of credit for helping me out and really giving me that summer of experience in baseball because it showed me a lot. I think it showed me how much I can can improve in baseball and what my ceiling and potential can be in baseball, um, you know, when I give it, you know, a, a run for its money. And I think, um, you know, at some point that will happen. I don't know when. Maybe it's after a 10-year NBA career. Maybe it's after a five-year career. Maybe it's after – you know, 15 or maybe it's halfway through a 12-year career and I'm able to, you know, figure out something uh, in the summers. But, uh, you know, at some point in time, I would love to go back and play. Um, I just want to make sure, you know, I don't 
uh, you know, leave any bridge um, not crossed before I do so. So we're going to see how basketball goes this summer. We're going to see how basketball goes the next year or so. Um, you know, but I'll make sure that my arm is still loose um, when Mr. Duquette and the Orioles and or any other team come calling. So you did a big favor for us. We definitely appreciate obviously having you on. So we got to do the favor turn for you, obviously, my friend. Uh, the With Us Foundation, the summer basketball camp here in a couple weeks out in, uh, out in Massachusetts for St. John's Prep. Um, tell us a little bit about it. How can people see some more information? And what, what are some of the stuff you're looking to teach the kids in this camp? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing is just spreading awareness towards the foundation, obviously. Our goal is to, um, you know, provide access to athletics, um, you know, for kids. I think one of the most important things, obviously, um, it's, it's had a profound effect on my life and the life of my peers, um, sports in general has. So our goal is to just keep kids active in a day and age where, you know, so many um, other things like video games and computers and tech and all that sort of stuff is um, out and about it's all great, but uh, we want to make sure that the youth uh, understands the importance of getting out, being active, playing multiple sports, doing, um, you know, things with uh, their friends and stuff of that nature that has activity involved, especially athletics. So that's the goal of the foundation. We'll, we'll hopefully be, um, you know, doing some big stuff here in this coming year and the years to follow. Um, and the, the, the ask is more or less just for people to, to keep up with it, follow it on Twitter and Instagram you know, with us underscore five, keep up to date on the website with us foundation.com and just um, keep an eye on anything that they can do to support this t-shirts out there. The, the brand awareness is big, but um, the goal is for us to have, you know, some serious um, effects on kids and to help teach them, you know, the life skills and lessons that sports can instill in us, not just for athletics, but for away from the court too, from the leadership standpoint and the things that these kids can take with them over the course of their lives, um, you know, to help change the, the path of their lives. That's awesome, man. I'm happy to hear you're doing that. So, Pat, you we ran over on time. I thank you so much, obviously, for coming on and doing everything and having this talk with us. So we're going to go ahead before we let you out of here so you can go play some pickup, obviously. The floor is yours. If you want to shout out your social media, if you want to shout out the website for the With Us Foundation like you just did, whatever you want to do here before we close out, by all means, take it away, my friend. Uh, I got nothing. I mean, uh, I'm happy to be on the show, happy to help you guys out. Um, more happy to, to be a part um, of a show that, that has such an avid Irish fan uh, <laughs> running it. So, the, the, you know, for me, it's just uh, I appreciate everyone that, you know, kind of, you know, stays up with my life and, and, and uh, takes a guided interest in the things that I'm doing to try to help make um, you know, the world a better place. And uh, at the end of the day, um, it's all about keeping the relationship strong and, uh, you know, doing things that uh, kids can look up to and feel like they have a, a real um, sense of who you are and what you're trying to do and make sure that people understand it's genuine. So uh, I enjoy being on and I hope, uh, you know, you guys uh, have a great night and I'm excited to hopefully make sure we don't take two years to do it again. <laughs> well, you got to let me know as soon as you sign back with Portland so I can order the Connaughton jersey. It's my tradition that people we have on the show that are players, I get their jerseys, so. I'm sorry, you tell me you don't have a content jersey yet? I'm Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I had to make sure that you were on the show, and then I was going to get it ordered. So, All right, all right. We'll let that slide for now. But if you don't got one by the time I'm on next time, we're going to have some serious problems. I, I understand that. Well, hey, man, that will definitely happen. This is a blast. We'll definitely have to do it again really soon. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. See you, Pat. Thanks, Pat. So, Sean, we just wrapped up our first time having a current NBA player on this on the show, but with Pat Connaughton. That was a really fun interview. We touched on a lot of stuff, um, going from anywhere from sneaker deals to restrictive free agency to the Notre Dame-Kentucky College Basketball Classic. So that was a lot of fun. I'm sure uh, we're going to work. probably get him on a few more times over the time frame of the 48 Minutes Lifestyle. <laughs> lifestyle? Lifestyle. Okay, we're not a we're not a show. We're a lifestyle. No, yes, we are a lifestyle. Yeah, Pat was totally awesome. Uh, it was uh, it was totally awesome just having a current NBA player on the show for once. So I know we've had I know we've had uh, you know Kendall Gill on the show at one point, which was awesome as well. But um, it, it's always cool to like you know I I just want to sit around some days. I, I would just love to like pick his brain for like the entire day about about. You know, players he plays against and everything. You know, fifteen minutes is is really is really tough to get a lot of questions in with a with a yeah. guy you have a lot of questions for. So, thank you once again, Pat, for coming on. Yeah, that was awesome. So, let's go ahead and get into. There's a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, the week after the finals, um, everything gets a little crazy uh, because that's when all the wonders and the rumors and like all the all this slam is putting out like ten articles an hour. ESPN with Wendy and Woj and all those guys are giving you breaking news and like rumblings every few minutes. So yeah, I've I've been hot on the podcast trail this week. I've been listening to like everything that's coming me out. Too. Like I've I've been I, I you know I checked out Zach Lowe's interview that he did with Steve Kerr, which has solidified my love for Steve Kerr once again. I know he he's is like talking about the champagne basically making a river. Was the yeah yeah ever. he's like he's like that carpet's ruined. <laughs> 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 They're gonna have to get that out of there. Uh, I love uh, Steve Kerr. Let, once again, I I know I know Tim. Your cap's lost, you know. But uh, it's not God, like I didn't expect it. So. I know, I know. You totally expected it. You called it Cavs and you, you called Warriors and four. So um, which I was not willing to to say at all. So I'm I was impressed by what they did, even though. Uh, the Cavs were kind of bums at the end of the season. LeBron wasn't. LeBron was LeBron. He was super. He was super LeBron. Um, but uh, God, man, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr. I mean, what a what a freaking team, man. This is this is a dynasty now, right? It's a hundred percent a dynasty. It is. I would go as to say that as far as the most dynamic and talented teams, you got to say they're probably top four. Um, the Celtics teams of the '80s, the Showtime Lakers. The 90s Bulls. Um, I would probably put them above the 2000s Lakers right now. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I think they would, would, they would beat that team. I, I think I, I, I don't think there's even a, a doubt in my mind that they would. I think, especially the begin, the the late 90s and the early 2000s. I've I've spoke about how much uh, I'm not a fan of that at all. It's such like a lost like couple of years for me, uh, and I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people left when Michael left, and I was 100% one of them. I didn't get back into it until 2003 when LeBron, Kirk Heinrich came in, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> so <laughs> Those are the two names that you mentioned? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then, of course, you know, the next season, uh, Ben Gordon and Lou Alding came to Chicago along with Andres Nocioni, and, like, that was uh, – I, I really got excited about basketball again. So, I mean, I, I took four years off from the NBA – from 1999, which was literally my entire high school career. I did not watch any basketball, pretty much, from them, except for a few stray games on WGN America. It wasn't WGN America back then, it was just WGN, where Fred Hoiberg was leading the Bulls as a player. 
Yeah, and Greg Anthony was his backup. Oh, God, it was so bad. I mean, th- that was just such a dark era. The, the the talent was just so lopsided when the Lakers were playing. I mean, yeah, it was just it so, was. so lopsided. And even when they went for that that fourth championship with the Malone and, and Peyton year, like... Where they, they got owned? Where they got owned, yeah, they 100% got owned. But, I mean, if you if you... I remember following that team pretty closely just because it was like, oh my god, I mean, this is a, this, that was a super team. That was, was the first tr- super team, yeah. The first one, I mean, and they failed dramatically. But uh, the thing that's the thing that's funny about it is, I remember mid-season looking at the standings, and we were we were midway through the year, and the Lakers that season were ninth, yeah, on the standings, and they still ended up, you know gutting it to the finals so i mean it's they're the worst defensive team to ever win the nba title yeah it's 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 terrible yeah it, it is man because you gotta think those that run there it was the kings the spurs and the lakers and i know the knicks had a year in there i know um obviously philly had the the iverson lebron year where iverson carried them to the finals um but, you know, and the Pacers, actually, if you look back at that Pacers-Lakers series in 2000, that was a lot more competitive than people give it credit. Oh, 100%. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's... Um, it's kind of... It's a weird era. I think they It could is. A, I think they could do a really, like, funny documentary about it. It's just kind of talking about, you know, you know from, from 99 to, to 2002, just like, ugh, I don't know. If you hear Jalen Rose talk about that series, it's so funny because he talks a lot about um, – he was on Bill Simmons' pod talking about it recently. Um, he talks about the game that Shaq fouls out and Kobe just takes over. He always – he goes, we're one Kobe Bryant breakout game away from the Pacers having a, a, a banner. And I so badly understand where he's going from, but I also am like, no, you're not. <laughs> well, you know, you always want to think the team that you were on was was awesome, and, and they did have some really competitive teams. Those, a lot, the late 90s, early 2000s Pacers were, were an incredible team. and They I, got gypped a couple times. The LJ four-point play, obviously, is one that people talk well, about Well, and, of course, of course, the 1998 Eastern Conference Finals, where they came within, like, five or six points of beating the Bulls and going to the NBA Finals. And that, that Pacers team would have beat the Utah Jazz. Oh, for sure, man. you got to think, in that game, I mean, they were up... T- I think they were up 17 or 18 at one point in the second quarter in game seven. And yeah. the Bulls came back and won. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was the, the, I, I, I stayed up. I watched that game and I, that was the, the most scared I ever, I ever was in terms of a Bulls fan during that dynasty. It was, I was terrified they were going to lose. I cannot wait for that documentary next year. They talk about that team and how tough it was. I still got to read the Jordan rules because I hear that book's fantastic. So. I, I I really wish I really wish it was covering more than the 1998 season because I just I wish that it would just be all on like from 96 to 98 just because those three years to me 96 you know obviously I have a lot of love for that team that was the first year I started really watching basketball so um, you know I have a lot for that but 98 was kind of depressing at the same time I remember it very well because you knew this was the end. Yeah, so, so going back to where we are, um, I would put like I said, I put them over there. I think the ninety six, the ninety six, ninety eight Bulls, ninety six to ninety eight Bulls probably give them a little bit of run as far as um, not necessarily being the best dynasty, but a competitive matchup. Um, I would take them over the Showtime Lakers, but I would be very close because they wouldn't have a guy that could guard Kareem. But oh, one hundred, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we talking, we talking eighty six Lakers, yeah. 
Okay, so we're talking like peak powers. Lakers. Like peak powers, magic, and worthy. Okay. With Michael Thompson and Byron Scott and Michael Cooper, not Michael Thompson. Michael Cooper, yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably the only two teams I think I would really say would give the Warriors a run for their money as far as the most talented competitive team over a stretch. If you were a betting man uh, today, not knowing where everyone was going, would you say that they're a, a, a pretty good bet to win next year as well? I would. Um, I, th- I mean, Durant's going to stay. I don't think there's any doubt about it. No, he's, he's, he's definitely staying. Yeah, I think the, the financial thing, like Kaylee O'Shaughnessy from The Ringer wrote a really good article about how the Warriors' financial woes are, are coming. It is, you know, hovering because Draymond, you know, took the pay cut to have KD come. But he's already talked about he's going to request a max when his time comes. Yes, yes. So I, and you know Clay Thompson next year and his, his free agent year. So which is which is definitely going to going to bring back and into the fold the the Anthony Davis rumors. God, I would quit basketball if that happened. I would quit that more than if LeBron went to the Celtics. Yeah, it would be it would be. I mean, and and you know I know there's so much love between the management, uh, especially like Bob Myers and and you know. Obviously, Steve Kerr and everybody else down the line, but with with Draymond and Clay Thompson. But uh, a year from now, would you do that deal? Um, if I could have Anthony Davis, I would give him up for everyone except for in his prime Shaquille O'Neal, um, in his prime Michael Jordan, Miami Heat twenty seven winning game winning streak LeBron James, and. Um, probably Will Chamberlain. So, so four players. Yeah, that's probably. it. Okay, okay. So, you, so you, I can think got... of more, but we don't have that much time. Okay, so you would do it. You would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, for sure. Would you rather I... have Anthony Davis or Draymond Green? Well, I'm, I'm also I'm throwing I'm throwing Clay in there too, and I, I think he's an important cog in this. Well, I saw the report was Andre Iguodala, Jordan Bell, and a draft pick, and I was like, if the Pelicans do that deal, Dell Demps that, would be no, fired. No, 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 that. Tim, that's an Instagram rumor created by a Golden no, State Warriors was, fan. That was not. That was on Slam, bro. No, that's also. I think they got it from Instagram. Okay, maybe, but if they really did that deal, if that actually happened, Dell Dem should never be allowed to work in the NBA ever again. No, 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 no. He's definitely uh, he's definitely part of the Empire if he does something like that. Yeah, I know. Um, let's talk about the other side of it. Obviously, we sure. knew what was going to happen. Um, we knew how it played out. So, obviously, the report comes out a few minutes after Game 4 that LeBron's got a broken hand, and they kind of kept it under wraps, which apparently, you know, a lot of people are disputing that and trying to say, oh, that's LeBron using it as an excuse. Like, no, it's not fucking not. Um, you know, that shit happens. So, obviously, the big question for him is, now that he has three wins and six losses, how does this affect his legacy? I'm biased when I say I don't think it does, strictly because he was extremely overmatched. If you look at his nine trips to the finals, he's been the betting favorite twice. Um, and I don't think that this really, like, I think a lot of people have tried to, have tried to play the card that this erases the Cavaliers 3-1 comeback, and I don't think that's the case at all. I just think these four years, you know, it sucks it ended the way it did because it wasn't competitive, but as people, much as people are tired of these four years, you have to kind of appreciate how great the talent was for those four years for these two teams. Oh, completely, completely, and you know it. It might not be over either. You ne- you never know. I'm not. I. I <laughs> are, you, are you laughing? It's like we said. No, I'm not laughing because I think you're wrong. <laughs> it's like we said before we were recording. Is that I will never say ain't gonna happen in the NBA free agency ever again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't know if it's over. I think 
I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to go back, but I mean, it could, it could happen. I mean, if he wanted, I think they would be willing to completely gut that team for everything it's worth and give him whatever he would want to stay, but he would have to commit to them first, which he's not going to do. Yeah. So, so Rachel Nichols made a really good point on the jump and not to kind of use everyone else's like program and stuff to kind of use my points here by any means, but she made the point of there's definitely a part of him that wants to stay. There's definitely a part of the Akron kid who just built his mom a house and wants his kids to play, you know, what wants Brody to play at St. Vincent St. Mary, which by the way, we're on like we're watching where kids are enrolling in high school now to see for NBA decisions, and that's weird to me. But, oh, I I know, and, and, and it's even weirder that, that Gary Payton's dropping this information. <laughs> did you see Did you see the school was like no? And they're like, they're like, no. Yeah, but like, it's like, why did he make that up? <laughs> you know, right. he's like, he's like, he's gonna go play with Scottie Pippen Jr. and Kenny Martin, Martin Jr. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, is this real? Is he really doing this? And where is he at? If you see the video, correct? <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 what like banquet hall is he sitting in while he's giving this interview? It was just weird. Everything about that was weird. Not only that, he questions like LeBron's willingness to win, which is hilarious to me because Gary Payton had to go to the Heat to win a title. Yeah, but that was that was end of the line. He played well on that team too. Yes, he did. He played his role, and that that was it's that's one of the few basketball teams that was just constructed of a bunch of guys that were good at one point and thrown on a team with with Dwayne Wade and Shaq, yeah, <laughs> and Shaq, who was who was also at one point on a better team. So yeah. I mean, he was also you know I mean he wasn't he wasn't great there either. But uh, but Gary Payton, he's old school man. He's bitter. He's yeah. bitter. That's okay, though. I, I, that's, that's why I love him. Yeah, because, you know, we, we've been pretty open and honest on our show that we won't ever get into the greatest of all time debate because we think it's stupid. Um, we don't care. You know, we appreciate both players. We know we're fans well, of both players. It's, it's, it's different eras at this point. And, right. And, and, you know, uh, I do think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of, you know, things have been up over the last few weeks that have said that this, this – the only thing this hurts with LeBron's legacy – is the is the you know the pro Jordan Jordan's never gonna no one's ever gonna be better than Jordan guys. Uh, besides that, I don't think it really hurts him at all in any argument. He didn't have a good team going there. He dragged that team God, like yeah like Lewis Scott on the Utah Jazz and Celtic Pride style put that <laughs> so, put that sorry ass team on his on his back and carried them to the finals. So I think uh, you know I. You know, I, I don't think it hurts his legacy. Making that many finals in that many years at this point in time is... It, we're not going to see it. We're no. just not going mean, We might not see that again in our lifetime. No. And I always go with what... This is what I say with... Because people do ask me because they know I do this pod. And they're like, you know, who's a better player? And I say, I don't care. But I will put it this way. I think LeBron James is the most complete player we've ever had in this league. And I don't know if we'll ever see another thing like him. And phys- just physically gifted too. Exactly. Absolutely physically gifted. So I mean, where I think he, Michael Jordan is the most ruthless human being I've ever seen on a basketball court. Yeah, and I, I mean, I still watch, I still watch videos of Jordan, and he, he like floats on the floor, man. He does. Yeah, for there's, sure. There's, there's, he's, he's one of a kind, and LeBron is one of a kind. I feel like. LeBron's more of kind of a grit and grind, like I'm going to kind of beat you down physically kind of player. 
over and over again, whereas Michael Jordan was just very graceful with it. I think that's why a lot of people just think that he was so good. He just, he made it look so easy. So does LeBron. So does LeBron. Don't get me wrong, but like... I feel like the stuff that LeBron has to go through to get his titles right. is, I mean, LeBron, Jordan was playing in a pretty diluted league in the, you know, towards like the end of the 90s. Yeah, this, so. is, like, this is what I kind of said to somebody too when people were like, well, Michael Jordan would at least gotten one on the Warriors. And I'm like, no, this is the not, 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 with, not with that Cavs team. He wouldn't have. <laughs> no, this is the equivalent of if Michael Jordan played a team in the finals that had Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, um, let's say Clyde Drexler. And Carl Malone. That's the equivalent yeah. of what he pl- This is the equivalent of what LeBron just went against. Tell me yes. that Michael Jordan by himself could beat that team. Oh, he can walk on water, dude. Yeah, right. He only he played six years, water. according to like his, his people to defend his legacy. I, 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 I would like to. I, you know, I, <laughs> he only played six years. No, it's true. But he had he had six marvelous years. Six oh, marvelous no doubt years. about it. He was and, amazing. And, and and on top of that, he did he did go through hell to get to those six years. I mean, he played you know a solid five years before he was able to get to that point. What do you mean, so, Sean? He didn't do that. He walked into the NBA and dominated immediately, and was the greatest part to ever walk on the earth. His first game in the NBA. I mean, I mean, yeah, but so was George Gervin was on that team <laughs> when he came in too, and I think Reggie Theus was as well. A good Charles Oakley and. A good Charles Oakley, pre 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 great Charles Oakley. Though. Yeah, yeah, pre like punching people like on the ground, Charles Oakley. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yes. look at how I say we don't get into the debate. Of course, we just we made, don't. Yeah, we, we don't. Just we, made we, cases. We, we didn't. We didn't really make cases. We just kind of like you know we're like well no right. So going into you know um, everything that you know now that it's over. It's, you know, like we said, so it's going to be an interesting few weeks, obviously. Um, we expect that his time in Cle- it felt like that loss in Boston in 2010. It felt like this is the end. I think Cleveland was a lot nicer this time around, obviously, with the standing ovation. And, you know, hey, he did, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, but I think they're more prepared for it, too, now. I think so, too. Um, and I- also, also, I think Cleveland's in a better place than they were, even though they're getting a draft pick this year, they're in a better place now than they were in 2010 in terms of what's going to happen to them next. I think they might riot if he does stay. They expect him to leave so much at this point. They might be like, uh, he's gone. Then he like has the announcement. He's like, I'm signing a one-year deal, and you just see they, everyone they like, are, they, burning couches. and They are 100% preparing him for him to leave at this point, and for if he sure. comes back, they're going to have to alter their plans. So, so, yeah, so let's say, let's just play, you know, because we're going to do this for until the decision's made, obviously. We're, we're doing this for three weeks, guys. Yeah, for sure. I think Stay he, tuned. I think he met with the team today. We're, yeah, it's LeBrumer Mill. It's LeBrumer Mill offseason edition. Let's yeah, make I, the case that, let's say he stays, all right? Okay, okay. He opts, he's not going to opt in, but let's say he opts out, signs the contract. Well, if he opts in, that's, 30, that's $35 million that the Cavaliers are responsible for, plus the Kevin Love contract. Plus, you've got two years of George Hill. You've got two years of J.R. Smith. You've got two years of Tristan Thompson. That's a lot of money that you're really kind of – you're probably – I mean, unless you can move some of those guys. Like, I know we just had Pat on. We just had a Portland Trailblazer. Let's say can – you, can you kind of make an option where you can get C.J. McCullough on this team? Can you make a chance where you get Damian Lowe with these contracts? I don't think so without giving up that eighth pick. Granted, if I can get Damian Lillard, I'm giving up the eighth pick and – George Hill. If I can call Michael Jordan and say, hey, you guys are starting over, 
can we give you George Hill, the eighth pick, and another draft pick, and you guys give us Kemba? I think Mark Michael Jordan might be like, eh, I don't really want to do that, but we don't have the money to make things better. I might take that deal. So I don't think it's really out of the case that the Cavs don't have options. I just think the options are a lot very extremely limited because it's going to be hard to get people to take those George Hill contracts, those Jordan Clarkson contracts. Um, Larry Nance Jr. I think is going to be a Cavalier for the next like five years. I think they're going to sign him to an extension. They're already talking about it. So, Yeah, he's he's kind of like their one saving grace from that trade. He's like the one thing that, I mean, there was a lot of junk that was tossed back and forth during that. For sure. And I, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, it, it was true. That was, I mean, and also... Also, once again, we've said this before, but it was the most NBA 2K trade that the NBA will ever have. For sure. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous trade. But, it, you know, I mean, they did, they did try. I yeah. mean, they did try. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give them credit for that. I mean, I don't think many people would have had the balls to do what they did. It seems like that part, the second part of the Cavaliers liked each other more than the first part. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a lot of yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't read. Can't wait to read about the book about him, his last season there, and that eventually comes out because it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So other candidates, obviously, they're kind of coming out of the woodwork. I think Houston's kind of out of the picture. Um, you you know, think so? You think I, so? I only because of cap purposes. I heard that the guy from like the Akron Art Journal was saying that he doesn't like Houston as a city, and he heard him say that. I don't think that that. I don't think it's not true, but I also don't think it's true. Uh, so I, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't we know. Just, how... we, just, we, we take whatever we can get and we really analyze it. So like, right. it it's, it's true, but it's, it's probably not. Yeah, like I'm not surprised either direction is what I'm trying to say there. Exactly, exactly. Um, because again, the, the theme of this free agency is that we're never going to use the term ain't going to happen ever again. Um, no. Yeah, because when we first heard LeBron might leave last year, we were going, <laughs> no, he's not. And now we're like, oh, no, he's not staying. Um, San Antonio is the one that's recently coming up. Greg Popovich basically saying that he is going to force himself to have a meeting with LeBron. Obviously, at that point, Deontay Murray has tweeted out the picture of LeBron photoshopped in a Spurs jersey. D'Angelo Russell has basically guaranteed LeBron will be a Spur. This almost feels like 2010. Only in the case of we were people were so confident he was going to Chicago. Remember that? Like people were like Stephen A. Smith basically guaranteed it on TV, which is awesome that he failed, and then he obviously was the one that broke the Miami Heat story. Um, and then of course he has the curveball to go there. So people are so confident he's going to the Lakers. Like, would you be surprised that book is like he's going to the Lakers? He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Oh, he's a Spur. It, it has that feeling where the Spurs could be that Miami Heat in this case. I I just I. I don't know. I have I have serious issues with him going to San Antonio at this point. A few years ago, maybe, but there's so many old legs still walking around down there, and I just I don't know, man. I mean, first of all, you gotta you gotta convince Kawhi to stay. We know he's either already met with Pop, or he's about to meet with Pop. That or he has hasn't met with first. Pop, or he hasn't at all. <laughs> and there's and, been no discussions. Or there's yeah, and and I. Honestly, I don't know if I was LeBron James if I would would want to build around LaMarcus Aldridge, who is old now. He'd be traded. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge, and well, then, then what do you, what are you going there for? Then just Kawhi. Okay, let's just say let's just put it okay. This way. Okay, go ahead. If you so here's the case that you can make for Kawhi. Obviously, the defensive thing where LeBron can kind of relax on defense. Yes, that's at, huge. At that point, he can play the four. Yeah, which. I think immediately he becomes the best four in the NBA. Um, immediately. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, at that point, you're kind of dealing with P.J. Tucker's and Draymond Green's as far as in the Western Conference. Um, yeah. Kuzma, you know, guys like that. Um, you know, that's a possibility. So if you get rid of LaMarcus, because guys would have to leave. You know, there's no way Pau Gasol would be back yeah, if LeBron Pal- went there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they would have to, like, gut their team for it. And then, like, at the same point, it's like, it's like what would Houston be doing? That's what I, I don't think he's going to Houston anymore either. I mean, I really don't, just because they're not going to be able to decide. The, the team, they were so close this year without LeBron. Right. They were so close. Had the Chris Paul injury not happened, I 100% believe they would have won that game. Same. So, I mean, the momentum was fully shifted in their, their favor at that point. And uh, part of their success is those role players that they built on there. And Daryl Morey did a fantastic job of putting the perfect players on that team. P.J. Tucker is one that comes to mind, you know. And and obviously, I mean, Ryan Anderson, not so much. But <laughs> Which I saw I, they're aggressively shopping his contract. I, I, they're not going to get rid of that. No one's going to... No one's gonna want that, and like, and these, you know, I, I think there's a lot of Rockets fans that are just like, oh, they're just gonna go ahead and ship him over to the to the Cavs, and we're gonna do a sign in trade. I'm like, you're high. It feels like. Do you remember Carmelo Anthony's off season was first like his first free agency with the Knicks, and us yeah. as Bulls fans, we were so confident. We're like, it's cool, guys. We're gonna mellow next year. It feels like that. I, I mean, I, I and I was I was not counting on it at all. I was not counting on that happening at all when that happened, but he did make the wrong choice. Yeah. 100%. Because I remember, like, the United Center had the banner outside of the Anthony Bulls jersey when he drove up. They did a hell of a job pitching to him, but in the end, he he chose money. Yeah. So, and I'll always remember that about him, and that's how I'm going to always remember Carmelo Anthony. You actually, that one season, they could have really had something special, and they didn't, so. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, so... I mean, the Lakers obviously are going to stand out for the obvious reasons. Magic Johnson could teach him. He could become a billionaire athlete, his production company, um, and the money to go get another guy. But that's another team, too, that if he goes there, obviously if you can get LeBron, you get LeBron. There's no doubt about it. you got to do it. Yeah. But if he goes there, Julius Randle's gone, obviously you make that trade. Um, you deal with that. You, you live. Um, Jordan Clarkson's contract's already off the books. Thanks a lot, Dan Gilbert. Way to go. Um, <laughs> Helping out the Lakers. Right. So, you know, at some point, though, can LeBron, Paul George, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball really beat the Warriors or the Rockets? I don't think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I suspect Magic Johnson and Rob Polinko are, are – they, they – they, want to bring excellence to LA and I think they will sure. do that at all and I think they are this is I love that team of of guys that are just gonna go balls to the wall we're gonna do this we're gonna win titles and I think they are they they're pretty much they have no strings attached to anything that they do it's like it's like they're kind of being given the the torch here do what you need to go do to to bring a championship here Luke Walton is an excellent coach, I think. Mm-hmm. I loved what the Lakers did, even though there was a stretch this season where they were fantastic. Um, I think, obviously, if if LeBron and uh, Paul George went there, it would be a totally different situation. Because um, it's changed everything that you're kind of doing. But I think uh, I think Kuzma's going to be really, really good. I do, like, too. I think he's going to be really, really good. I like Josh and, Hart, too. Josh Hart, yeah, he's another one. Um 
and uh, you know, I I would be sad to see Randall go. Obviously, um, I don't know how they would bring. Is Brooks still? Is Brooks still locked down, or is he unrestricted? I think, got, I think um, he's he's. Let's unrest- see here. Yeah, I'm gonna check the spot track. But that was a point I was gonna make. Is say it's not Paul George, say it's Demarcus Cousins that goes with there. I think then you're talking about a team because the Warriors don't have that big time big man. I I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. And and on top of that, I mean they've had some productive guys, you know, on the bench. Zubak, I mean he's he's been up and down. Yeah, you got to find a way to get rid of that Luol Deng eighteen million dollars sale. Oh, one hundred percent, they will do that, or they will stretch it, or, and it's gonna that will happen. They will find. Trust me, trust me. Yeah, I'm sure there can... there is nothing that is untradeable in the NBA. I've seen the stupidest people go to places they shouldn't go. Oh God, Brooke Lopez is thirty three million on the cap. Okay, so so you get rid. God, they have sixty two million dollars in cap space. Yeah, right now. Yeah, right now. Right now, so, um, but is so so Brooks locked down for one more season? Um, no, he's pe- not- no, he's pending free agent. I'm sorry, he's a pending free agent. Yeah, so they're, so prob- they're here's not what's gonna going to bring him back. Here's what's going off the off the board, off the books for them. Okay. Brooke Lopez at thirty three point thirty three million nine hundred sixty three, KCP at twenty one million, Channing Fry at fourteen million, Julius Randle at twelve million, Isaiah Thomas at eleven million. So. Yeah, there's a you, ton of space to make things happen there. Do you think they bring back Isaiah? If LeBron's there, hell no. Hell no. 100%. He's not there without LeBron. It's LeBron and him not, not fans of each other's games. I don't think that's the case. I just think that they don't work. They don't work. Because if you saw when the Lakers played the Cavs this year after the trade, they were very friendly and they were kind of dapping it up at the court, at a half court. Um, but it's just, you know, that was just not a good mix at all. I mean, when LeBron hits the buzzer beater against the Timberwolves and he runs to the court to celebrate, Isaiah Thomas jumps up and LeBron doesn't even look at him. Yep. So yep. You're right. You're right. I remember that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but you think Lonzo probably fits, right? I think Lonzo is the perfect point guard for LeBron James right now. Um, really? Not, I mean, obviously LeBron needs a guy that can score a little better than him. But someone who's going to, like... Well, he's he's fresh out of his first year, so, you know... Yeah, I still don't think he's going to ever be able to consistently score in the NBA, but... We'll see. We'll see. You never know. You never know. But but he is that guy that LeBron puts his hand out, and the ball's going to be right there. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like that... He's going to have that ability. which which, Which is huge. Which is what's something you want. Right, because... I don't think Lonzo Ball is ever going to compare to Kyrie Irving as far as best point guards LeBron's had, if I mean, that's the case. But the the one thing about about LeBron going to the Lakers is is he is controlling the narrative at for that, sure on, on that team, which I think is and we know how much he likes to be in control, which is the only place he could go besides Chicago. Um, but he wouldn't be able to control much there because they would probably hamper everything he does. Right. So and then make a make a coach get choked by John Paxson or, you know, something, something terrible would happen within the front office again. But, um, I mean, I mean, it's the one place he can go where he can kind of control the narrative over there. And I think they'll kind of, they're in Cleveland receptive. Yeah. He can control it all. Yes. So, and I, and magic school with that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's going to consult him if he's able to get them. And I think he's going to treat him right. So, um, and on top of that, he, I, I, you, you know that the, 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 uh, 
relationship with Dan Gilbert was never good, and it might be, like, permanently damaged at this point. I do think out of, like, you know, what it is, where he's played, where his career started, what he's done, where he's from, I do think that he will give them 100% an opportunity to speak and play their case. I, I, I completely agree, and and his, uh, you know, him being from there and everything, uh, he, he does, you know, and I... I I think he does love Ohio. He oh, does, for I, sure. I think he absolutely loves Ohio, but I just don't think that... I think he feels like he could go someplace else where, you know, and 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 do what he wants. And I think they would be able to provide him... The, the, the Cavs just have too much going on right now. They got too much money tied up in, in crap players. They've and, never been a sane franchise, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's never no. really... Like, when he went to Miami... You know, Pat Riley had that shit down pat, no pun intended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. You know, and I, I think that's part of the thing he's really looking for. Which, again, is why I don't count Miami out as a second as a second option as well. Not that I think they're going to be a favorite by any means, but I do think that that's going to be, that could be a possibility. Uh, who, who, do you, who do you think LeBron gets in contact with? Because you know he got in contact with Kevin Love before that trade happened. Because well, we knew that was all... There's already the reports that him and Paul George are going to get together and talk. Okay, I mean that that was assumed, but who else does LeBron get in contact with besides Paul George? Boogie. Boogie. Okay. How long before Boogie comes back to play basketball? That's a good point because you know I don't know if he's gonna be ready opening night. So yeah, I one hundred percent don't believe he'll be he'll be ready opening night. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. So 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 Paul George is ready to go now. Chris and... Paul will definitely be a discussion, obviously. Obviously, yes, and and Chris Paul leaving Houston. Could happen. Likeliness very little, but yes, it very much could. It it could happen, but uh, God, I mean, him going to the West also it, it just also doesn't make any sense because Boston will ba- basically just walk to the NBA Finals this season. Which next season brings us to yes, they you know you got to think that I mean it's like I said when we were talk- kind of talking about the other day. Would I absolutely hate it for sure? I would. Be so pissed off, and I like it's the, probably the one place I would not buy a LeBron James jersey, besides the Warriors. But I'm not counting on that either. Um, so there has been talks that Boston could be an option. No one from Boston has come out and declined it. I think Rosillo said that he does. He's it's not going to be Boston. Kyrie Irving was asked about it, and he has said, you know, we'll see what the front office decides. You got to think if you're Kyrie Irving, you just got away from LeBron because you want not because you didn't want to play with him, but because you wanted to be the guy. LeBron has said before that his plan was to hand the keys to Kyrie and kind of have him be the guy that runs the franchise and be the guy for them. So I think LeBron would be more open to playing with Kyrie than Kyrie would be more open to playing with LeBron again. Of course, but here's a, here's another fun thing that would have to happen. They would have to get rid of Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that or they would have to trade Jalen Brown because you know they're not getting rid of Jason Tatum. No, it, it would be Gordon. They would get rid of him, which would be probably one of the... Weirdest. That, that would, no, it wouldn't be weird. I mean, it would almost be ruthless because it's like you, you drag Gordon Hayward, you know, away from this perfect situation where he would play, you know, what? Would he play like seven minutes, eight minutes? Yeah, if that. If I, I won't look at the clip again to see what the minutes were on the clock, so don't ask me. Okay, well, anyway, yeah, I know you won't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. You know, I mean, I just feel like that would that would solidify Danny Ainge as like the most aggressive, ruthless, shrewdest 
uh, uh, NBA GM, GM out there. I mean, if he got rid of Hayward, and I, I think you, if that becomes a choice, yes, you do it. Yeah, for sure. Regardless, regardless of relationship to to Brad Stevens or whatever, and oh, like Danny Ainge gives a shit about feelings. Oh, I know, I know. He's he, but <laughs> and 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 good for him. Yeah, good man. for him. He's you know, I he mean, wants to win. He's he wants to win, man. He's got he. If if he could get out there and play right now, he would. Like he's just that guy. Yeah, you know, which is that's just you know, and I hate that team so much. I, I will never be a Boston Celtics team fan just because of the stuff that they've done over the years um don't get me wrong larry bird is like one of my favorite players of all time same but, kevin McHale also. but 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 i i just can't i can't wrap my head around it's the fans man that's what oh, it is i get it so here's another card you can play here go ahead go ahead so Throw let's say let's say boston's an option let's say the conversation happens you can can you really say like because even if Kyrie's like god we're gonna do this again can you say okay Kyrie? Give it a year because there's these reports that are come out, which is going to transcend to our next topic. That Kyrie is not 100% committed to playing for the Celtics after next year because it's a free agent year. Can Danny Ainge sit and Brad Stevens sit down with Kyrie and be like, okay, let's give it a year. Let's see if we can make this work. And if you don't want to do it, we'll go on from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, I think it would be in Kyrie's best interest to stay into that situation. Oh, for sure. 100%. However, I think he, there's there's a huge part of Kyrie that, that knows he's he, like I mean he he probably thinks he's the best player in the NBA. Oh, for which, sure. Which he should. That's that's what he should be do- thinking. But um, I don't know. I just I yeah I think he would he would he would give it a year shot if they want to if hy- hypothetically if they want an NBA title with those two on the team it would be hilarious. Oh my god! It would be the funniest shit ever. It would be so hilarious. I would be so mad, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you both end up leaving, end up back together, and then end up winning a team for the franchise you hated. Awesome. Yeah. So that... <laughs> Danny Ainge is just, just laughing. Yeah, you know, Danny Ainge is just like... You know, he's just like kind of giving the finger for that. Oh, yeah. Um, So, kind of going from that, let's kind of talk about... You know, because we're going to be talking about LeBron forever. Um... Until everything, until something's done. So, talking about Kyrie Irving, there has been some rumors that you know he is not um, kind of looking at doing a contract extension. He has said he will not sign a contract extension this off season. Again, it's the NBA. I don't believe anything a player says anymore. Um, but you know, the, Stairs, the Celtics are kind of worried that Kyrie Irving's going to leave after you know 2018, 20, the twenty nineteen season. Um, go play for the Knicks, his hometown team. If you remember. His list when he originally offered for the trade, the Knicks were not on there. It was like the, I mean, the, the the Celtics were not on there. It was like the Knicks, the Timberwolves, and I think the Spurs were the were the three. The Timberwolves, yeah. why the hell? But, um, so, what is your take on it? I think you know. I think it makes the most sense as a point guard, especially one of the top three or four point guards in the NBA, to stay with the best coach four point guards in the league, but. I think what it comes back to that whole, especially because the Knicks are such a mess, but yeah. they're so worried about him going there. I don't understand that. I mean, I understand he's from New York, and he would love to be the guy that brings New York back, and a healthy Christoph Porzingis makes that a lot of fun for him. But, you know, it's not like the Knicks are really getting free agents anymore. They're not. And and one day there is going to be a... a... NBA All Star free agent that is going to take a chance 
in New York. I just don't think it's within the next five years. Yeah, after the Amari Carmelo thing. I, I almost feel like Porzingis will leave before another star comes and joins him unless it's by trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm not shocked that Kyrie is not, is kind of playing his options and kind of like living in the moment. Oh, I, it's in his best interest to not sign till next year and, and, and keep his options open. He, you have no idea what's going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. So, let's, you know, and like, I, I hope that wherever LeBron signs, he signs at least a two-year deal. Because we don't have to have this conversation next year. And next year we can have Kyrie, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Gate. Yeah, we don't want that. Yeah. Um, oh God. Oh God. I'm having terrible pictures of like those three being like, you know, we can we can really take down the Warriors and be like Clay Thompson, like, come on, Kyrie, come on, Jimmy Butler, let's do this shit. And they go to like Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I don't want that. No, we don't want that. No. I would not mind Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler as teammates. I won't lie to you, but it would be it would be fine. It would be fine. So, what about Paul George? Okay, yeah. So we got so so we should get to him because he's the he's the other big biggest free agent. I would say this season. Yeah, correct. Cause, yeah, because I don't count Kevin Durant as a free agent at all. No, it doesn't doesn't no. <laughs> um, yeah, so Paul George right now there are reports. Uh, you know, obviously the report when he was left Indiana was he wants to play for the Lakers. And then Oklahoma City was kind of like a wait and see, see what happens. And that, you know, these reports of coming and going have, we've kind of talked about, you know, it's it's been up and down all year. But there are a lot of people who really believe Sam Presti has him locked in to come back next year and give it another shot. And I don't doubt it. Only in the case of, you know, they were pretty good, you know, even with how bad Carmelo Anthony was. Um, but I think that... You get rid of that if you can find a way to get rid of Carmelo Anthony, which Sam Presti is really trying hard to do. I mean, he might end up in Dallas because they just gotta have someone take that terrible contract or Brooklyn. Oh God, how funny would Carmelo Anthony be in Brooklyn um, or Atlanta? Oh God, I'm laughing at like Carmelo Gate already. Anyway, um, the talk you know is then you have the money if you get rid of Carmelo to kind of get another guy. It's not going to be LeBron James by it all. There's no way LeBron James goes and plays in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I know I no. said this theme of the show is is not gonna is I'll never say not gonna happen, but that's not gonna happen. Um, no, but not happening. Is that a case where, you know, you can try to like maybe you get those two, you have the money, you already have Stephen Adams, you can go get a really solid four, or you can try to get you know some 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 money and some draft picks and situations like that, or you can have Paul George sign a max. Russell Webster's already locked in a max. And then next year you can make a run to add that third guy, that guy to go with George Westbrook and Adams. Yeah, I mean, I who do, who do they go after in terms of in terms of fours? Um, well, there's the rumor the Al Horford trade, Al Horford for Carmelo Anthony, which I don't think Danny Ainge will do that. But what about Julius Randle? I would love it. Okay. Um, I don't think he I, really lifts them a ton, but I think he'd be really good for them. I think he'd be solid. I mean, there's no way they're going to – they're not going to overpay Aaron Gordon. He's going to get a max from either New York or Orlando, so – We've been calling that all year, so which – is, Which is hilarious. I mean, I, I, there's, there's like this part of me that loves Aaron Gordon just because he's such a ridiculous player, and he's so infuriating because, like, when he's good – yeah. He's really, really impressive, and then and then when he's bad, it's very evident. So, so, but you know, Derek Favors would not be bad in Oklahoma City with those guys. I know he's not like a sexy uh, name, but no, he's definitely not a sexy name at all. Um, and and you know, I I don't know. I just don't. Uh, 
I just don't know who you go after. You know, with Randall that. makes he, the most sense. Anthony Tolliver would be a good one too because you get him cheap and he's a good defender. Yeah, yeah, he would be good too. He would be good too. Another another name that's that's unrestricted this summer that Udonis Haslam. No. <laughs> yes, Udonis Haslam. Uh, one one that I think is going to be highly coveted is Trevor Ariza. Oh, for sure. And I think the Golden State Warriors are going to go after him hard. Don't say that. I think it's going to happen. Zach, like, don't don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> let me. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Though I think that he's going to be a huge piece for them. Um, let me ask you this. Okay. In these last two games of the finals, did Rodney Hood make himself some money back? Uh, no. I don't think so. I totally think he did. You think so? Dude, the reason, like, the other, besides LeBron, of course, the reason they were in game three was Rodney Hood. Until Kevin Durant I, has that spurt the fourth quarter. I, I don't think, I don't think anything, I, someone, someone will sign Rodney Hood. I, I just, but I, I don't think, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't think that, that helped him a whole lot. Those games are going to be, those games are going to be lost you know, for the next, you know, four years. And no one's going to remember what Rodney Hood did, Hood did in, in games three and four and a loss to the Golden State Warriors. They're just not. We might, you know. Yeah, you're probably right. But I think I definitely think that, you know. The, the... He's not He's not a bad player. No, no, no. He wasn't, he wasn't a good he, fit. He, he, he was on the wrong team. Yeah, but he was, like, targeted by them for, like, ten years, it felt like. You kept yeah, hearing, like, yeah, yeah so... I don't know. Uh, what about Marcus Smart? I think he's going to be a guy that a lot of people are really going to want. Because I think he'll be the odd man out with Boston. Yep, he is. He's going to be the odd man out. He I, would I, be good in Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. He would not He would not be a bad option out there. Uh, his defense alone would, would really, really help them a lot. And he can play the two and the one. So it's, you know, he's, you know, he's able to do that as well. So, so that's good. Um, For the right contract, I'd take him in Chicago. Oh, oh yeah, I would too. But I, I, I'm kind of hoping that Chicago doesn't. I'm uh, hoping go they after... wait. Yeah, same. I want them to go next year's when I want them to go all in. Yeah, when they have. Yeah, and I mean, I think the development of their players is going to be key this year. Zach I mean, Levine's gonna... a big question. Zach Levine. They're gonna. They're gonna end up paying Zach Levine, unfortunately. And, For and sure. I, and he had kind of a blah year. He was not very good in the time that he has. And you know me, I'm a big Zach Levine fan. Same. Um, big, huge, huge Zach Levine fan, but uh, I, I don't know. There was just something that was sad about him coming to Chicago. I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm not happy with it. I thought I would be. That was a 2K trade I made every year until he came to Chicago. I thought it worked out for you know, especially when he came back and he had that run when he came back where he was pretty good. I, I, I know this is going to be weird for me to say this, but I almost feel like if Chris Dunn can make another step this year. Which the Bulls are already pissed at in this offseason. Well, because he's not uh, he's not doing he's not working out well or yeah. So he's not. You know, Cameron Payne is like, haha, I'm coming back to you guys, and everyone's like, no, you're not, Cameron. Shut up. Yeah. Is 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 it about his workout regimen or? Yeah. Which again, we know having Pat earlier. Yeah. Jaron's an option. Jaron could definitely like Darren took a step forward this year. Yeah. I don't think he'll ever be a superstar in the league, but I think that he could be a, for a, you know. For another year, actually, would you be against the Bulls taking Shy Gilgis Alexander? Uh, with who? Would you be against, if the Bulls took Shy Gilgis Alexander? Yeah, I mean that would be fine. I mean, I, I, 
Look, I don't... I honestly, think he'll be the best point guard in the draft, honestly. That includes Trey Young. Wow, you're going to put him above Trey Young? Dude, Trey Young is a one-sided player. Okay, okay, okay. Do you think Trey Young is more of a like a Shabazz Napier kind of NBA yeah, career? Yeah, I do. Because I think okay. I think Colin okay. Sexton and Shy Gilchrist Alexander will have better okay. careers than Trey Young. Well, we need to talk more about this on our on our mock draft, so we'll, we won't talk about this anymore. Yeah, which by the way... Go ahead. We gotta, we gotta save. We gotta save something for next week. Yeah, we do. So let's get this last topic, um, just so we can have a good laugh because you know you never get enough laughs in Detroit. <laughs> I'm already laughing. Dwayne Casey, five year contract with the Pistons. Does that fix anything? The answer is no. But oh. we can do this. <laughs> what, what? What? Is there? Is there some bright side to this for Detroit? Um, I don't know. Maybe you can. At some point with 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 Casey. <laughs> I don't know, maybe LeBron doesn't sign in the East. Maybe that's your one bright spot. Maybe he doesn't go to I, Philly or come back to Cleveland. That's all you got? I don't know. Maybe maybe Dwayne Casey does end up doing well there. We, we don't know. I don't necessarily blame him for what happened to the Raptors. No. I mean, they it, it wasn't... It's it's that team. They're frauds. Ooh. I mean, he was, he, was, he was part of that fraud team. Yeah. Hot take time. Okay. Could you see Sam Presti making a deal with the Pistons to get Blake Griffin? I mean, we, we've been talking about this forever. I mean, we, we, we really we rolling back around to this about Blake going to the Thunder? Dude, why not? I mean, they'd be super. They'd probably be, if they, let's say, let's just play a wild scenario here. Paul George comes back, Russell Westbrook's okay. there, and you get Blake Griffin. You have you have Andre Roberson. You have Terrence Ferguson. That's immediately probably one of the top three most athletic teams in the league. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, I do. Blake sucked in Detroit, by the way. Yeah, I know. He he sucked, and it was it was evident from from you know the first week he probably didn't really want to be there. Well, what about? Uh, say it's not Blake. What about Andre Drummond? Have Stephen Adams on, before? Uh. I think they they get rid of Stephen Adams if Andre Drummond comes. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look at the salary cap, but yeah, you're probably right. Because Andre Drummond, I think, only has another year on his deal too. I don't think he's yeah. there much longer. I uh, could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think this this whole like Pistons reboot has failed. So way so to go, this, Ish this, Smith. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Let's give you all the money we have, Reggie. We're invested. Of all those guys, they trade Tobias Harris, so you're like that. You could have kept Tobias Harris. He could have been yeah. huge for you guys. Yeah, now he's now he's not. <laughs> right. He's like so, he's, yeah. he's he's the Clippers go-to guy now. Exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, man. And the Raptors brought up one of their assistants to be their new head coach. Um I guess the fact that I can't name him tells you everything we need to know. Uh Nick Sharp, I think is his name. Yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We don't know anything about this. Is, this Nick is so Nurse. Sad. Nick, Nick Nurse. Nurse. Nick Sharp. <laughs> Nick Nurse. <laughs> that tells you everything you need you know, to know. You know what's going to end up happening is they're going to have another off, awesome season, and then we're going to know his name. We're going to feel really stupid right now. And all of a sudden so, they get paired with the Cavaliers right. in the playoffs, and all of a sudn they're like, what, LeBron's back? He was in LA all year. And they're like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is what it is. So two... two Teams have new coaches, which is great. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Dwayne Casey fixes nothing in Detroit, so. Probably not. Nope. But then again, Nick Nurse probably doesn't fix shit in Toronto either. Nope. 
Nope. They peaked. Yep. They peaked last season. Yep, that was In it. the regular season. <laughs> yep. And with that being said, with a very long and special episode of 48 Minutes this week, we will go ahead and close out because we will have a lot of stuff coming up. Obviously, the NBA draft is next week. so our, Mock draft, baby. Our goal is we will have a mock draft show up either, uh, I think, Monday night is the plan where Taylor Burkfell is going to come over and record. So uh, he's going to be working with Sean and I on that show. And then we're hoping for after the draft lottery Thursday night, we're going to do a we're going to do a, a reaction show to get up for Friday for you guys next week. Um, and then we will probably be uh, we'll probably I'll probably be working solo, no pun intended, um, during the first week of free agency because things are going to be nuts. We have a lot of plans for emergency pods just to kind of get stuff out there through that time frame. So we're going to be working really hard this summer. We're probably going to you know as much as we can because it's going to be a nuts off season. So. Thank you once again to Pat Connaughton for coming on and talking with us about his NBA career and the With Us Foundation. And yes, Pat, I am looking to order that jersey. I promise I will have before you're on again. Um, be sure to check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. Uh, be sure also to take us like an Apple podcast, hit your Google Play, give us a nice five-star reviews. So with that being said, Sean, this was a lot of fun this week. Have a good night, everyone, and we will talk to you early next week.